Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Navigator Show. I think we're in number 24, if I have it correct. Um, I hope you're having an amazing uh, week. Actually, from a few days ago, we have something extremely rare. We're going to talk about it uh, a little bit today. Jupiter and Neptune, both of them are the rulers of Pisces, uh, are coming together for the first time in many years. Now, Jupiter and Neptune do come together every 12 years approximately because the cycle of Jupiter, the orbit is of uh, 12 years. So we talked about it quite a lot here. If you want to, and if there's something really important happening in your life, if it is perceived to be as a little bit more negative or demands more discipline and persistence and forces you to feel more crushed and more um, uh, hardships, most likely it is a cycle of Saturn. Therefore, you have to go back 28, 29 years ago, sometimes 27 years ago to see the source of it, to see where the roots of the matter is. But if something is expensive and positive and, and relates to growth and opportunities, then there is a possibility that we're talking about a Jupiter cycle, which takes 12 years. So it's not a coincidence that um, we start our, our schooling in grade one and finish at grade 12, because 12 always represent a certain cycle completed. That's why also in the Chinese zodiac, every 12 years, we're, we're back to the same animal. Uh, that's why... We are now uh, being hosted, in a sense. Um, so the whole idea is that we have to focus on, I mean, now we're in the year of tiger. In 12 years, we're going to be in another tiger. And every time the element uh, is changing. But the whole idea is that 12 is a very auspicious cycle. It relates to benevolence and grace and completion of something. So the same way that you're completed your schooling uh, at grade 12, the same thing is happening to you in your marriage, let's say. You had started the grade one in your I don't know, honeymoon and then first anniversary, second, and we go to the 12 one, there is some kind of completion and you're now ready to go to your master's. Uh, same thing is happening with the cycles of Jupiter. Jupiter, and that's every 12 years. So every 12 years, Jupiter and Neptune do meet together, and they create this blessing. Why they're so important, both of them? Because first of all, J Jupiter and Neptune in the Greek mythology, as you remember, were brothers. So they have a very strong affinity. They were considered to be the both, both of them, the most powerful of the gods in the Olympus. You remember uh, Poseidon or Neptune gave us the horses, and it's interesting because Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius and Sagittarius is the half horse, half human. So there's always going to be a mythological affinity between Neptune and Jupiter, even though Neptune is the higher octave of Venus, still Venus, Jupiter, and therefore to some degree Neptune are very benevolent in a sense, very artistic, very connected to expansion and positivity. So in that sense, it's really good. But the idea also bet between them is that Jupiter was given dominion over the sky and over the earth and Neptune over the ocean. But again, Neptune was also the god of earthquakes. So it's kind of interesting. And, and again, if you think about it geologically speaking, I mean, I'm living here in California, most likely uh, the earthquakes will happen probably in the Pacific on the fault line. And we know that a whole area with the ring of fire is basically surrounding the Pacific Ocean. It is related very much to the water. And the biggest, you can say, range of mountains that can be shaking actually is located in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, hence uh, Hawaii, if you think about it. Hawaii is the product of the connection between Jupiter and Neptune, Neptune earthquakes and Jupiter, the lord of the um, earth. Anyway, they come together every 12 years. That's wonderful. But every even more uh, unique or more rare, let's say, this is a cycle that kind of changed. I'll show you the dates in a second. The last time was 1856, I think, that we have Jupiter and Neptune coming together specifically in Pisces. And why is it so significant? It's because both of them are the ruler of Pisces. Jupiter is the traditional ruler of Pisces. Uh, before we discovered Neptune in uh, the middle of the 19th century, uh, 1846 or so. And uh, Neptune is the modern ruler of Pisces, given dominion over Pisces after it was discovered in the middle of the 19th century. If you remember, it was the uh, spring of nations. It was the time of spiritualism. It's the time that a lot of the yoga and meditation uh, moved from India or came from India to uh, um, England and the Theosophic Society and then the Golden Dawn and the interest in Kabbalah and astrology and the tarot and um, 
science, science, sciences, sciences, uh, when you bring the dead. So all of that was very, very popular at that time. And that's why Neptune is very much associated with mysticism, the ability to channel things from above. So we are now in the midst of this very rare phenomena of Jupiter and Neptune coming together. And on a global level, we'll see it. It's kind of interesting because I traced that the last time it happened was the end of the Crimean War kind of interesting. It was Russia against the rest of the world, the Ottoman Empire, the United Kingdom, uh, who was else involved? France, I think, was involved as well. Sardinia, for some reason. And it was the end of this period of 12 wars between Russia and Turkey, or the Ottoman Empire, that lasted from the 16th century onward. It's kind of interesting. It's the last of them. It's the 12th one of them. But anyway, it's Crimea War that uh, ended in defeat of Russia. So maybe there is a cycle repeating right now in relation to that. But we'll check it in a second. But on a personal level, uh, this is a great uh, period for dance, yoga, if you wanted to come back to it or if you never tried it, Pilates, any kind of dance you wanted to try, any movement, anything that has to do with flexibility. For example, I decided my Jupiter-Neptune resolution is to be uh, to focus more on flexibility. You know, so anything to do with stretching, anything, you know, it's kind of interesting. Pisces is all about this. Aries is all about that. So we're basically having this period of Jupiter uh, and, and Aries kind of Pisces going back and forth uh, because Pisces is all about, again, expansion and stretching. It's kind of sending the water out there and letting the water get to where it needs to be. And Aries is more like a defensive mode or also an attack mode. So you see that you'll see that a lot of Aries are like this, where Neptune's, uh, Neptune's uh, Pisces feel the need to kind of stretch their energy, sometimes without limits, sometimes without boundaries. Boundaries, uh, if you can think. Oh, actually, you know what? The cross is a very symbolic thing of um, uh, Pisces. If you think about it, the age of Pisces, the uh, concept of the church, Mother Church, symbolizing herself by the fish. So it's very much that quality of Pisces. So Jupiter in Neptune allows yourself to breathe, allows yourself to kind of like join the collective unconscious uh, uh, water, in a sense, uh, dreaming, poetry, graphic novels, um, art in general, uh, discovering, channeling things from past lifetimes. So really pay attention in the next few days. We're going to have it throughout this week, uh, maybe ending around the full moon, which is a very powerful full moon we have this week. So this week is very, very loaded with a lot of interesting things that I wouldn't say good. No, actually, it is good. It's good. It's good. I mean, it depends how we deal with it, but it's, yeah, it's good. It's good because Jupiter and uh, Neptune coming together does give us some kind of uh, connection to emotion and empathy much more. I mean, it's kind of interesting because a lot of the things that we're looking at right now have to do with the war uh, in Ukraine because of the food shortage that now we're trying to uh, starting to feel in Africa and other places. Everywhere is somehow affected by it. And that's something really interesting that we're learning now. I think we started learning it much more from the Jupiter-Saturn uh, grand conjunction in Aquarius, if you remember, that was going on at the end of 2020. And the lesson of the coronavirus, if you remember, we talked about it quite a lot here, is oneness, the crown, right? The crown connection to the one, the idea of everything is happening to all of us at the same time, even if it's not touching me in a direct way, it's touching me indirectly because we're learning now, like it or not, the lesson of oneness. So now there is election in um, France. I don't have a French citizenship. I can't elect, but I'm very worried about it because if heaven forbids uh, uh, the blonde lady wins, we're in trouble, right? Because it can affect even the war in Ukraine. So all of these things uh, and the tragedy that was happening in Hungary that they elected again, um, Orban, you know, all of these things affect all of us. Suddenly everything that's happening is showing us that effect of the oneness. And yes, it's part of globalization, but globalization is part of idea of oneness. It's preparing us maybe uh, for an invasion or an attack from outside when we realize outside I'm talking about extraterrestrials that suddenly Russians will become our best friends, you know, like it happened with uh, Nazi Germany. So again, there is a lot of this lesson of oneness and Jupiter and Neptune is very much about the idea of oneness because Pisces being the last sign, if you remember, accumulates everything that happened in the zodiac wheel. And before it goes to Aries, it needs to deal with all the crap because Aries is not going to deal with it. So the idea of the zodiac is that, you know, like we do with everything, I take my, um, this is my, 
garbage can, right? Right. This is, I, I, I throw my stuff there and then I close the door. I don't see it anymore. The garbage ain't here. Yeah, it is here. It's over there in the bin. Okay, so eventually I'm going to take it out to the bin outside and now it's not in my house anymore. It's not in my house. It's someplace else. Yeah, but it's in the bins out there and then I have to do it every Wednesday, bring it out to the street and then they take it to the dumpsters and so forth. So, you know, all the trail of garbage and trash eventually leads to Pisces. Sorry, Pisces. And Pisces is the ocean, the same way that we are now sending a lot of our cesspools and a lot of our garbage uh, we dispose into the sea, thinking the sea is big enough to contain it. But with all due respect, Pisces, even though it's really big and massive, cannot contain all of our garbage. So when we get to the last sign of Pisces, it needs to be dealt with. It needs to be destroyed in a sense or assimilated or something with it right so that's what we're having now with jupiter and neptune in pisces because the two ruler of pisces are coming together once in 150 years or so to help us resolve or deal with everything we didn't want to deal until now and pushed it to the shadow or to the subconscious or to the unconscious and now it's starting to come up so we can release it so we can let go of it and again Pisces is the last sign and the sign of assimilation. It's the sign that has to do a lot with enlightenment. So we are now in a situation where, yes, we are coming to lessons more and more and more about oneness so we can basically move on to the next stage. And in the spirit of Pisces, I wanted to start with something depressive. Sorry, but I, when I saw these images uh, for the first time, it really uh, made me literally shed tears in the coffee shop. It was kind of embarrassing. I was just preparing this thing for you guys and uh, suddenly I can't um, control um, what I'm seeing. You probably have seen this image. I think it was everywhere and it should be everywhere. It's basically a story about an Ukrainian woman who wrote on her, on the, on her contact number on the back of her two and a half year old daughter. And she wrote basically her name, Vera Makovai. And then she wrote 10, 11, 19, which is actually her date of birth, interestingly enough. And it's not because she's an astrologer and wanted everybody to know that her baby is not only that's her name, but she's a Scorpio. But the idea is that she had in that, that mother, when she was scribing those words, she maybe had in her, in her mind the idea that I don't know if at the end of the day I will see my daughter ever again. Because you write the date of birth and the name of a, of a child because of everything that was going on there uh, with children in Ukraine, uh, the lost ones, the ones that were get taken to Russia, that she doesn't even know if she's going to see the, this girl again. And she wanted to know whoever is going to take care of her, hopefully, will know the name and even her birthday. Because what is a birthday? You know, and think about it. This is a woman who is not an astrologer and had the instinct to write the date of birth on the back of her daughter, knowing that she might not see her again. You know, and, and what is a birthday? Birthday is your is your identity. It's what makes you unique. It's my birthday today. It's my birthday today. You know, I'm I'm gonna get gifts today. This is my day. And she wrote her name, which is her identity. And then she wrote her date of birth again, not because she wanted everybody to know that she's a Scorpio. Usually Scorpios don't want to know that they're Scorpios. But just for her to have for the rest of her life, if I don't ever get to see you again, that you'll know your date of birth, that you will know your chart, that you will know your identity, that you will have a day in the year, even if I'm not going to spend it with you for the rest of your life, at least you'll know where uh, you came from what is your tribe in a sense and um, of course it was uh, uh, followed with two phone numbers you know, just in case but the story actually continued and um, uh, using uh, Polish vo volunteers actually managed to get those to uh, to southern France and this is a picture from southern France a, a different situation but and of course her back doesn't have to have any more numbers anymore but the idea that in our world, in our century, kids have to be, uh, people have to write, parents have to write the uh, place and the date of birth and the, and the name and the contact number on their kids is, is un unbelievable. You know, I mean, whatever you want to talk about, we talked about it here. You know, there's people in Fox News and people in uh, rallies around the world someplace are talking about the Russian side. There is no uh, sides here. And that's what I talked about here quite a lot. And I'm sorry if I offend anybody. But uh, in some conflicts, there is no two sides. There is just a crazy person like we had in Hitler and Mussolini and um, 
the dictator in South America that we had the honor to uh, uh, meet throughout history. There is no, I mean, there is a crazy person that needs to get out. That's one of the reasons I think I chose without even thinking uh, this T-shirt. You can see uh, this, this is the resolution of what needs to be done in um, uh, Ukraine. Uh, so, uh, you know, whatever everybody accused of what Biden said, everybody Biden said basically that this guy cannot be ruler uh, in the world or cannot have this amount of power. I think it's absolutely true. I think everybody thinks the same way, except Putin, maybe, and some of his cronies around him. And right now, even what's happening in Russia is even more scary because right now there is a whole new phenomena of people snitching on each other, telling off the government about people who talk about the Ukraine as a war instead of a operation or the fact that they're actually saying that the, the atrocities that are happening there in Ukraine. So literally it's back to the time of Stasi, I think, in eastern Germany. I mean, that's what Putin is familiar with. There is no love in family. There is no love. There is only suspicion and paranoia and let's get everybody into scare mode and when everybody's in scare mode nobody thinks for themselves they become all robots that's what he wants for his uh, Russia and not only Russia that's the the mirror the, the idea of uh, everybody should be like this you know because the West is decadent the West is decadent but in Russia we snitch on each other on mothers and fathers and, and kids and so forth that's totally normal that's how it should be that's how I remember it was in Eastern Germany you know when he was in the KGB it's really sad how sometimes uh, these kind of people take so much uh, control over life. Another incident that I'm sure you read about and heard about is the Anne Frank of Ukraine that they found is uh, uh, there is this phenomena of kids, young adults, basically uh, writing their diary. And it's amazing because it's basically, you know, reporting not necessarily of what's happening out there, but a reporting of what's going on in here, especially for teenagers that are on that cusp between being uh, young and old, between being a uh, youth and be being adult. And their way of looking at things is very interesting because they're located in the liminal place we talked about, that place of wilderness that is in between world where there is a lot of magic. So there is this diary of um, a Katya story, and it was published by the Ukrainian gymnast Lilia Podkovapayeva, I hope I say it right, and it helped broadcast her, her um, story, the teen story, through entries in Instagram page. I mean, that's something that Anne Frank didn't really have. And um, this is a few of her entries. You know that feeling when it hurts? I once fell in love with a boy, but he didn't fall in love with me. And I thought it hurt, she says. But it turned out that it hurts to see your mother die in front of you. And then she says something like, my brother keeps coming to my mom saying, mommy, don't sleep, you will freeze. So this kid, her, her, her brother, is worried about mother freezing, even though she's already dead. Um, then later on, she writes something like, I want to die, but I can't. Hug your kids, she tells us. Otherwise, you may be gone and they will not remember your smell. I mean, think about it. We just talked about a girl before who was a Scorpio. Scorpio is intimacy, death, transformation. Scorpio is the nose, smelling. If I endure and later have children, I will be hugging them all the time. So again, think about what the boy is thinking about how to make sure that his mother doesn't freeze even though she's dead. And the girl who is thinking about how you should hug your kids as much as you can because tomorrow, you know, a Putin can come to your place just as easily, God knows, and um, uh, take away your mommy. So make sure you hug your kids because maybe they'll forget you. Maybe they'll forget um, your smell. And think about how she's talking about smell when her mother is dead and Scorpio is death and also smell. And again, I just... I'm sorry that it's kind of depressing right now, but whenever I find these manifestation of symbols in astrology, even in those really sad moments, it's it's really important for me to see how that tapestry basically works. Um, and anyway, you know how there is a saying, I think it was a Sufi saying, uh, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. You know that saying? And it's really something you should uh, always think about because it's kind of interesting. Like run through your head the different kind of friends you had um, throughout your life. Maybe the kind of friends you had with elementary school compared to the kind of friends you had in high school or when you moved to university or when you moved to a new job or a new place of living. Uh, like collect, make a list of your friends and maybe for each friend write the biggest 
the most positive traits they have, what you admire about them, and what was causing a little bit of hardships and difficulties. And there you're going to have a beautiful mirror of your inner world as it changed. You know, sometimes people come to me and say, why do I meet all of these cancers? Well, right now in your life, cancer is something you need because all of these people's sun shines the house where you have cancer in your chart. So if you really want to know, you should go to your chart and see where you have cancer. Maybe it's the house of love and what you're missing is love. And they're trying to bring up the love because that's what you have, cancer in the house of love. Maybe you have it in the house of letting go and you need to now have these friends help you let go of something that you don't need. So it's always going to be interesting for you to look for uh, who are your friends to know who you are right now and what you're going through. And of course, if you have friends that are uh, long-term friends, for example, I uh, I was here uh, one Sunday when I was in uh, Greece with you guys and I, I introduced you, Vered, who is a friend of mine for already 40 years. It's really the only way for you to remain friends with another person that you've known for so long. It means that both of you are riding the same wave and you're changing together. You're transforming together. Otherwise, you grow distant and apart and you look for other friends that uh, show you who you are. So then I thought about how Putin, of all people on the planet, is constantly talking about friends. He's saying that now certain unfriendly countries are going to have to have a special visa to come to Russia, even though nobody flies to Russia. But it's, you know, it's like these kind of people that call you and say, hey, I don't want you to call you to call me anymore. You know, these kind of friends uh, that you have or these people that call you to tell you that they don't want you to call them anymore, you know, because they don't want to talk to you, but they have to be the one to do it. So that's the same thing with uh, Russia and uh, the visa things, as if everybody's trying to get to Russia and Russia is saying, sorry, you're an unfriendly place. Or what they, um, what Putin came up with having to pay with Russian currencies, uh, unfriendly countries have to do that. And I thought about how stupid it is for a person like him to talk about friendship or even utter the word friends. It's so funny. And then I thought, you know what? Let's take a map of the world and see who are Russians' friends. And let's see, you know, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. So North Korea, great friendship. You know, not South Korea, North Korea. Amazing. Myanmar, Myanmar. Great. Lovely friends. Then you have Syria. Wonderful. Uh, and then you have Belarus. Great. And then you have uh, Venezuela. Amazing. So these are your friends. So I think that the case is very much rested. But again, it's always interesting how we can learn even from evil people like Putin when he talks about friendship to stop in second. You know, OK, what are friends for us and how can we look into our friendships right now to understand who we are? The other thing that's happening this week, which is actually pretty um, uh, interesting, is we have Passover and we have Easter. So on the 14th, I think, yeah, the 14th, I'm going to do a, a workshop on Easter and Passover. And we'll talk about Moses. We'll talk about Jesus. We'll talk a little bit about Muhammad because it's also Ramadan. I mean, I told you last week, it's actually interesting that we are having this week a convergence of uh, Piscean energy. Remember, Pisces is faith. So we're going to have three religions that really developed very strongly during the Piscean age, even though Judaism is a little bit older. It didn't really uh, consolidate itself until uh, the diaspora, basically, or became the Judaism that we know. The same thing with Christianity and Islam. Islam. All of them were creating during the age of Pisces. And Jupiter, the old ruler of Pisces, is meeting Neptune, the new ruler of Pisces. Right now, even in this chart, you can see that right over Passover, we're going to have 24 degrees, 24 degrees Pisces. Uh, we're going to have Jupiter and Neptune conjunct. Again, both of them the ruler of Pisces, both in Pisces. And Pisces is the sign of religion. The old key to, sign, to uh, Pisces is I believe. I like to call it more I imagine because I think imagination is higher than faith. But still, the traditional books of astrology will say that the key word for Pisces is I believe. And it's interesting that the three uh, monotheistic traditions are converging together this year when Jupiter and Neptune is coming uh, together in Neptune once in 150 years, when the Ramadan and um, Easter and Passover are all coming together at the same time. So it's kind of beautiful. At least maybe there is some kind of hope for us for that oneness that we're looking for all the time. So what we're going to have this week is even though, uh, yeah, people ask me, why do we have two Passovers? Uh, we'll talk about it a lot in the class on the 14th. And I put the 
link in the chat room so you can use it and I'm going to send it to you also in the recording. So the reason why we have two Passovers in outside of Israel and one in Israel is because of time zone difference. So what's happening is that you're supposed to celebrate Passover on the full moon. Therefore, you were supposed to, uh, to uh, actually celebrate it on April 16. But April 16 here is kind of April 15 in Israel. So because in the diaspora or outside of Israel, we don't know if it's going to be the 15 or 16, they basically celebrate it in two nights so that the night of the Passover Seder in Israel falls kind of in between. It's like sandwich. So we have basically the Passover in Israel that's supposed to be on the full moon in Libra and then one day before, one day after, kind of like in the middle. So the idea is that a Passover is always celebrated on the full, supposed to be celebrated on the full moon in Libra. And it's a very auspicious time. It's considered to be the time of liberation. So if something you feel, and I'm going to talk about it a lot in the class on the 14th, and we're going to do a whole chart of how you can work with Easter and uh, Passover, and of course, Ramadan. Ramadan is all about the revelation of the Quran. What is the Quran? Quran is the reading, in a sense. It's from the word uh, likro in Arabic, also in Hebrew, kara, kara is to read, basically. It also means, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically to read or to proclaim. So it's interesting that what you do in Passover is you have the Haggadah that you're supposed to read. Haggadah means that which we say or that which is spoken in a sense. And it's still a reading of something. And then we have uh, the idea of Easter, which is the resurrection of Christ. And we have the Quran revelation, which is the Ramadan. Uh, happening all at the same time. So I think that all of these external holidays have something to do also with eternal work as well. So there is something you're supposed to be reading, you know, reading in between the lines, which lines, the lines you're speaking, the lines you're thinking, the lines you're hearing. So what we're having now is a time where we're all having some kind of revelation. We're all either reading books or reading thoughts or reading ideas or reading into things. You know how they say to read the tarot card or to read your astrology chart or to read the signs or to read the omens. There's something you're now, we are all supposed to be reading, maybe in our dreams. So really pay attention to our dreams. Um, maybe it's something that we need to really figure out. It's almost as if there is, um, again, some kind of call to action because the whole idea of Passover and Easter is a call to action. It's a call to action because there's a time of transformation, a time of change. So Jesus is transformed from a person hanging on a cross, uh, injured in five places, bleeding in five places. Three days later, bang, he's, uh, he's a god. He's resurrected. Same thing with... Um, the Hebrews, they're slaves. They think like slaves. They've been hundreds of years enslaved. Uh, Forty years pass, and they become a nation of warriors. They're supposed to conquer a junction in the world, a junction between Asia, Europe, and Africa, and take the responsibility of that and bringing something into the world that demands that kind of junction. Basically, the Torah, which basically means the way, you know, like in Mandalorian, this is the way. Um, the idea of Torah, which means the way, is to find a way to navigate this junction. I'm not saying uh, it's happening very easily, no, especially now with all the terror attacks in Israel. But, you know, still, the idea is to send a nation there to manage to kind of be like the uh, traffic jam um, uh, police people that help you in junctions when the lights are not working. That is what's supposed to be the Torah. It was sent there for a specific reason. I mean, also the New Testament was sent there. And quite frankly, also the Quran was sent not too far from there and was influenced by that. So I guess that area of uh, the conjunction of Asia, Europe, and Africa needs a lot of uh, uh, directions. But anyway, it is a time of transformation on a personal level, on a global level. So what you're going through in this week is a time of liberation. And again, we're going to talk a lot about it in the on the 14th, but the idea is to take this week, especially on the 15th and 16th, Friday and Saturday, as a time where you can really cut away, shed things that you don't want and transform yourself from a slave to a fighter, to a warrior of light. That's really what the Passover is on one sentence, you know. And what Easter is, is the discovery of your inner God or inner goddess. 
it is the revelation in a sense of your higher self it's a communal with your higher self that is what the cave coming out of the cave it's very plato if you think about the uh, metaphor of of the cave that plato talked about so the same thing happened to jesus he's coming out of the cave into a, a new existence in a sense and who is the first to discover jesus if you remember maria magdalena it's basically the feminine light the feminine side of life welcomes in a sense that a uh, seed of light again cave is very much associated with the womb and therefore the first one that meets jesus as a god the midwife of that is maria magdalena and the same thing happened with moses uh, moses very much uh, was given to or or survived because his sister which was seven years older than him miriam uh, Oh, no, I sorry. Somebody told me about the uh, sound that happens from the water, and I thought I programmed it wrong, but let me wait. I thought I changed it. I didn't. Anyway, so Miriam, uh, whose origin of the name, I mean, of, of course, Miriam later on, the name will transla- transform into Maria. So there's a very strong connection, I told you, between Moses and um, Christ. And also Muhammad, I'll talk about it on the 14th. But the idea is that even Moses was helped by his sister, by his feminine energy. It's almost as if she understood first that there is something special about him. She's the one that followed his uh, little um, basket in the Nile when Moses was in the basket there. And she's the one that approached the princess and told her, listen, the daughter of uh, Pharaoh, I have a nurse, a wet nurse that can help him, which was, of course, Yocheved, the mother of Moses. So you see that there is this energy of, yes, maybe the seed of light is masculine, but the one that cradles it and takes care of it and the one that grows it in the womb is definitely the feminine. And that's why we have it during the full moon energy. That's why Easter has to be celebrated on the first Sunday, the day of the sun, after the full moon the moon energy. So you see that Easter is a merging of Ostera, the goddess, the Saxon goddess, or the goddess of dawn, in a sense, that traveled all over uh, to get to um, uh, the Middle East with the idea of resurrection, with the idea of coming into the light. So we have the moon energy, we have the sun energy, and then we have the, the, the us, the child, the child of light. So you'll see that connection between sun and moon very, very strong in this period. And again, it manifests as the full moon in Libra. Why Libra? Because Libra is the first sign that is opposite to any sign. Um, I think that some of you already read my book, Cosmic Navigator. There's a whole story there about why Libra is the sign of relationship. But the whole idea is that up until Libra, no sign was opposite to another sign. No sign served as a mirror. If you think about Aries is here and Taurus is here. Gemini is here on the circle. Cancer is here. Leo is here. Virgo is here. But Libra is right here. So Libra is under or opposite, sorry, to Aries. So that's why Libra is the first sign of relationship. So this is the holiday, you can say, Passover, that represents the, the, the idea of opposition, meeting each other or seeing each other and converging together. It's kind of a yin-yang of the astrology. So that's why we celebrate Passover during this. And because we're talking about Aries, there is a call to action. That's why, you know, it's interesting that the call to action for Moses was the burning bush. For uh, uh, Muhammad, it was the Jibril, uh, uh, Gabriel, telling him to recite or to write the Quran, even though he was illiterate. So there is a lot of that call to action that's happening right now. So even in your personal life, you will encounter that call to action. And that's why I decided to do this class on the 14th to kind of give us tools from mythology and from stories into what actually we should do now, now that we know what it really is about. Just opening the book and reading the whole Haggadah again, eh, you know, it's kind of boring if you don't have the real meaning behind it. So that's what we're going to have. The um, Sabian symbol is an airplane uh, hovering overhead. I don't know if that would mean that uh, NATO is deciding to give uh, airplanes at last to Ukraine or I don't know, uh, maybe something is happening with airplanes. I know that in England, in London, I heard that uh, uh, they canceled a lot of the flights. Maybe it's related somehow to that. Don't forget, Libra is an air sign. 
and we're having the full moon in Libra. But it is going to be 26 degrees Libra. And remember, we started paying attention very strongly here to the degrees in the signs. So we said it's between 0 to 29 because 30 is already the next sign. And therefore, sometimes the numbers themselves can mean a lot. And 26 is a very holy number. In fact, if you look at the, the uh, numerology of G-O-D, it will add up to 26. yod Hey vav Hey, the uh, name of God associated with wisdom, Yahweh, is adding up to 26. In Kundalini Yoga, 26 is very, very important. So we are having this Passover on the 26th. So that's kind of interesting. And I'm very fortunate this year to have my birthday on the 15th on Passover because I think I was born two days after Passover. So it constantly moves and changes. So I will be celebrating my birthday and uh, uh, the birthday of the higher self at the same time. But really, what you're going to do in Easter next Sunday, we'll talk about it, of course, because we're going to meet here on Easter. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you will be in the garden looking for uh, eggs but um, or bunnies and eggs, but we'll be here and we'll talk a little bit about Easter next week. So again, the full moon is going to be very powerful because we're going to have Minerva, the goddess of wisdom, also on top of the sun. It means, again, the goddess of just war. So believe me, when Athena or uh, Minerva watches uh, this mother putting contact number on the back of her daughter, in this very vulnerable place, I mean, think about it, the back, uh, Minerva is outraged. There is no doubt who is um, on whose side Minerva is. If you ask Minerva uh, if there's two sides to the story of the war in Ukraine, she will shake her hand, head and say no, and her owl will definitely fly over there. So Minerva is there right on top of the sun, and we also have Mercury conjunct Uranus, which means a lot of brilliant ideas, a lot of crazy and interesting ideas are going to happen to you in the weekend, and then next uh, uh, next Sunday, next uh, next up until next Sunday, we'll talk about the dates in a second, and also what is happening that, yeah, we're going to have a nice trine between the black moon and the light moon, so that's always nice. Uh, that the goddess of strife is kind of getting along with the moon on that day. And there is no oppositions besides the sun and the moon opposition. So that's actually really, really good. And we have a lot of planets in Pisces. Mars moved into Pisces. Venus is in Pisces, exalted. She loves to be in Pisces. And we have Neptune and Jupiter in Pisces. And Jupiter and Neptune are going to be creating a yod to the moon, which is interesting. A yod is 150 degrees uh, aspect and a yod is a it's a, one of the hebrew letters it's actually shaped like this and it's supposed to represent yad the hand so it's the hand of god it's like the hand of god pointing at something and so the hand of god is pointing at a uh, jupiter neptune and the moon so again very interesting that the hand of god which is mentioned actually in the story of exodus uh, is going to be with us in the story in the passover so that's going to be super uh, interesting for us now, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think I had a few more things because I was planning to tell you the next few signs. Yeah, another interesting thing I was reading about, uh, you know, there's a terror wave now in Israel. I think 14 people died so far. It's uh, another of these uh, incidents in Israel that you have lone wolf attack, basically uh, people that are not affiliated necessarily with any group that are carrying out their uh, terror attacks on their own. And because of that, it's very hard to... Uh, catch it before and the same phenomena was happening in 2015 and 16 in israel and then i thought that's interesting because again it's seven years seven years always important in cycles because the cycle of saturn is a lot of time associated with 28 29 and if you divide it to four because every cycle has a four it has the new aspect the first square the opposition the last square so even with the new moon uh, we have the new moon, the first crescent, the full moon, the decrescent moon, and then again the new moon. So every cycle is divided into four, the four corners of that cycle. So it creates the square. Uh, the square is this the symbol of, of structure in a way. So if you're looking at the cycles of Saturn, they're divided into about seven years. That's why we have the seven-year each. So every time we have our car for seven years, we start thinking, I mean, shouldn't I get a new car? Or when you're working seven years in the same position or the same company, you might suddenly get the each and you CEO that you don't really like. Or in your marriage, of course, or relationships, even with friendships, every seven years, there is a there is an each. 
either you take it to the next level, whatever that relationship is, or it dies on you in a sense. So 2015 plus seven obviously leads to 2022, 2016 plus seven, 2023. So we can, we're going to see this going on for a while. I don't think it's going to be gone very, very fast. The idea also is that, uh, again, I, I said it many times in my emails and maybe I've said it here already. And I know that I have some clients in DC, so maybe they're connected to the FBI or CIA or the authorities or even if different countries, you really can save a lot of time uh, in processing terrorists or ter or possible terrorist attack by taking by, by paying attention to the bracket of 27 to 30 31 and 56 to 60 so if you have suspects of possible terrorists it's really important to pay attention to those who are entering their first Saturn return or second Saturn return. Like again, 27 to 30, 31 to 56 to 60, because that's the time where there is pressure from Saturn and Saturn can cause people who are delusional because their mula uh, told them that uh, they need to um, uh, fight or they need to do to kill some people or because their rabbi uh, told telling some settler that they have to go and abuse Palestinians. They're probably going to be at that age, 27 to 30, when it really the pressure becomes much more concrete. So, for example, uh, in the last attack in Tel Aviv, the two people that died were 28-year-old Tomer Murad and 27-year-olds. They were really good friends from childhood, Eitan and Magini. And it's interesting because, again, they're in their Saturn return. And then after a manhunt that lasted about eight and a half hours, uh, they found the um, terrorist, and he was 28 years old. So, again, it's repeating a lot that the terrorists that do accomplish their terror are usually around that time. Because Saturn return, even though it creates a lot of pressure and it can be very difficult and dangerous, it still is manifesting. It's, a, it's the ability to kind of create, even if what you're doing is a terrible thing, you still can be successful at doing this terrible thing. And obviously, you're going to have to pay quite a lot for it because... Uh, your Saturn return means karma is upon you. So again, you can also go back to your age, 27 to 30, 56 to 60, to see what was going on then. What did pressure cause you to do? Of course, it's not that you were in danger of being a terror, but maybe you were dealing with some kind of terror at that time that was causing it. So a few things uh, are happening uh, this week that we're going to mention in a second. But April 15, Mars is entering Pisces. It's going to be there for like a month or so. So... Mars in Pisces is very much favoring activities in water. So if you ever wanted to learn surfing or you wanted to do those uh, things when you stand up on that board and uh, uh, pedal, a great time to do that. Anytime, any kind of uh, running by the water, cycling by the water, anything you can do in water will be great. Uh, even skiing, but you know, maybe if you're in a southern um, hemisphere, uh, anything that has to do with action, that's Mars in Pisces, which is, again, water, but specifically it is associated with mysticism. So any kind of martial arts that's more mystical, soft martial arts would be great. I don't know, Tai Chi, Qigong would be um, a really positive for you. Yoga, especially if it's a little bit more young yoga, a little bit more martial in a sense. Uh, like we said, spending time stretching, this is going to be a great time to do it because your results will be much faster. So that's the Mars in Pisces. Um, but you have to be a little bit careful of dependency, codependency, lack of boundaries because of that Piscean energy. Also in April 15, we're going to have Lilith moving from Gemini into Cancer. So Lilith has been in Gemini for a while. And it's interesting because uh, even what's happening now in Ukraine, Lilith is, remember we talked about it, it's the mother of demons. It causes, uh, she's the lady of strife. Uh, very similar to Ares in the uh, mythology, in the Greek mythology. And Ukraine and Russia, we talked about it, are like lovers. Remember, they're Gemini. Gemini, they're twins, basically. If there's any countries that are twins, uh, it's probably Ukraine and Russia. Uh, of course, now it's going to be a catastrophe for a generation or two. But still, that was her energy. There's going to be a shift, probably complete shift in different energy of where there's going to be strife and challenges when we move Lilith into Cancer. The problem with Cancer, it has to do with home, family. United States is a Cancer, so there's going to be a lot of sickness happening here in United States. 
if the sickness of the mind like QAnon or, you know, uh, conspiracy theories that affect, of course, physical life. You know, when uh, uh, people are telling you that uh, there's nothing like that this is, doesn't exist or that doesn't exist, of course, it can affect your body. But I think more than that, I think that the danger of Lilith in cancer for the next uh, nine months I mean, until the end of the year will be much more about uh, hunger or about um, uh, things that have to do much more with sustenance. So I'm, I'm a little bit concerned with the hunger thing or the food shortages. Also, cancer could be related to strife in war in, uh, within the family, so problems within family. Um, and also, it could be emotionally a little bit more difficult. And April 16, we have the full moon in Libra, like we said. Uh, so that's quite a lot of um, interesting things to work with. And again, uh, when we talk about 28-year cycle, I just heard that Pink Floyd will return uh, to record new material after 28 years, a protest uh, song, Hey, Hey, Rise Up, uh, which, with David Gilmour. Of course, Roger Waters is not going to be part of it. He's too busy with the PDS or whatever he's doing, um, uh, trying to boycott everybody and getting a little bit... Uh, uh, crazy about that, so he can't deal with things like uh, Ukraine. That's not in important enough for him. But the idea is that they're going to record it with a uh, Ukrainian singer in a band. So that's going to be actually interesting. But again, 28 years. There is always something. And Pink Floyd is very important in connection to the Iron uh, Curtain. If you remember their performance, their celebrated performance in the Berlin Wall, um, Break Down the Wall in 89, 90. So again, it is a certain return of that period. And it, and they were involved in, in a sense, celebrating the breaking of the wall and unification of uh, East and West Germany. Maybe now it is a sign that Ukraine will join the EU, which is basically what uh, Putin always wanted, I guess. Uh, J April 5 until May 2nd, we have um, Venus in her sign of exaltation. That's why I told you Venus exalted is great. And April 28 to May 1st is going to be the peak of this energy because Jupiter and Neptune and Venus are all going to come together very close to each other. So again, we are heading towards an interesting period of time that the end of April, beginning of May, right during the solar eclipse that quicken everything. We're going to have a lot of movement. And again, I do think that the eclipse that are happening April twenty, uh, April 30th and then May 16th are going to quicken whatever is happening in life, especially what's happening over there in Ukraine. Let's see uh, what is happening uh, uh, next week. Uh, oh, ooh, ooh, where was that? I forgot to show you one thing. Next week, I promise to do the next three sign. Uh, because we started last week with uh, April with uh, Aries and uh, Taurus and Gemini, so we'll do the cadets of those as well. So remember, I told you Jupiter and Neptune conjunction. It happened in 1038, in 1204, in 1357, in 1524, 1690, and that, I told you, ending the Crimean War, Russia lost to, uh, to the alliance of France, the Ottoman Empire, United Kingdom. And the cause of the war was the rights of Christians, minorities in the Holy Land, which was part of the Ottoman Empire at that time. So the French wanted to make sure that the Roman Catholics are taken care of. The Russians wanted to promote the interest of Eastern Orthodox Church. There was a big war. The Russian lost and uh, that's the end of it. In April 1528, it's interesting because there was the uh, Verrazano's expedition to uh, a, what is the New World at that time, and it was the first time a European entered the New York Bay and took sight of Manhattan. That also happened when Jupiter and Neptune were uh, conjunct. So that's kind of uh, uh, interesting to see what, how it manifests right now with the war that is happening very close to Crimea and now have actually shifted towards uh, eastern Ukraine. Now let's look to see what is uh, in store for us this week. Um, we are on April, April 10. So yeah, the moon is in Leo today. And Moon in Leo, the lion, it's all about creativity. It's a Sunday, the rule by the sun. Leo is ruled by the sun and the moon is now in the in Leo and she's having a great time with the sun. So today, tomorrow, there is flow. 
uh, your ability to uh, be content and satisfied is heightened by the fact that we have the sun and the moon spending beautiful energy to each other. Remember I told you that we're heading towards the full moon in Libra and the whole idea behind uh, Passover and Easter is the union or the idea between the sun, the moon, the father, the mother, the cave, the light, the womb, the birth, um, Egypt, which is is, the, is in Hebrew it means the confined place uh, or constricted place into the holy land full of milk and honey supposedly so there is all this similar dynamic that is happening right now and the sun and the moon uh, at least in the beginning of the week are sending beautiful energy also to Mercury which is still in Aries is going to move very close very soon to Taurus which is uh, not the nicest thing for, for Mercury Mercury in Taurus is called worry that's going to start happening Tuesday I think uh, we're going to start worrying a lot but you see See Jupiter, Neptune conjunct, Venus is well established in Pisces, and overall, uh, the only opposition we have is the moon opposite to Pluto, which was happening yesterday, today, which is a little bit of uh, manipulation and power struggles. But right on um, April 11, which is tomorrow, a Monday is a very good day for healing. The moon is sending beautiful trying to uh, Chiron, the wounded healer. The sun is conjunct Minerva. A lot of wisdom is downloaded. A lot of wisdom. So there is a lot of uh, connection to wisdom, to uh, uh, Athena. Anything that has to do with, for example, Athena is also the goddess of spinning and uh, embroidery or anything to do with working with your hands. So if you wanted to start something that has to do with um, working with your fingers, with your hands, any hobby tomorrow, the day after, the day after, great time because the sun conjuncting Minerva, we are all becoming wiser. It's almost as if the whole planet is going to have like a higher IQ for like a few days and then it goes down to the normal uh, uh, problems. But overall, uh, the sun on top of Neptune, uh, on top of uh, Minerva, is really good for strategy, for finding solution to your problems, for sitting down with yourself and getting real understanding of where we're going and what's the ne what's next for us. The next day, Tuesday, we have Mercury. Like I told you, is going to be in Taurus for three weeks. Mercury in Taurus is a little bit too worried about finance or about rent or about how am I going to pay this. So be careful not to worry about things you have no control over. That will be a good mantra for the next uh, three weeks. And even though Mercury is not having the best time, we have Jupiter in his own sign, Pisces, Neptune in his own sign, Pisces. The sun is exalted in Aries and Venus is exalted in Pisces. So a lot of the pla and Saturn is in his own sign. Aquarius. So a lot of the planets are actually located in a good way. I like to look at it as if you're, you're collected from the farmer's market, the best ingredients, they're all fresh. Now, it's up to you how you're going to cook. But at least if something sucks, it's not because of the material that you brought. It's because of your cooking. So at least you know that you have all the, uh, all the things you need in order to create the right salad or the right dish. Um, the rest is much more about free will in a sense. But at that day, the moon is still in Leo, but it could be a little bit out. No, actually, it's not going to spend too much out of uh, uh, out of core, uh, uh, out of bounds or out of course. No, it's not going to be so much. Let's see if we have any. No, so it's not going to be void, of course, at all. A little bit, just a few hours, but not something serious. The only thing is that the moon is opposite that day to Saturn and to Mars. There might be emotional aggressiveness there might be a little bit of passive aggressive energy there might be some conflict within family especially uh, with the saturn opposite to the moon it's not terrible it's just uh to pay attention to it and you see that the black moon actually uh, is coming closer and closer to pi to cancer she's not yet there now wednesday is interesting because there is a there is an opposition of the moon and neptune Sorry, the moon and Venus. Uh, the moon and Venus are clashing. So there might be some conflict between a mother figure and a daughter figure. What I'm saying is that maybe if you're a woman and you have an employee that is younger than you, a woman, there might be some conflict. Uh, there also might be lack of acceptance or there's going to be feeling between partners that I want to change them or they want to change me. So pay attention. It's the only opposition that we have is Venus opposite to the moon. It's, both of them are very, very feminine. And the v Venus, which is art and money, wants expansion, while the moon wants a little bit more no and a little bit more frugal. Uh, energy. But if you're starting to cook for Passover on Wednesday, it's good because the moon in Virgo is very diet. It's very connected to cooking. Venus can help you a lot with uh, creativity, how to make um, um, food uh, without so much grain, uh, what they call chametz. But uh, it's going to be actually 
a moon in Virgo, which is very good for work, for diet, for health, for uh, getting a little bit better uh, work with employees or co-workers. And the day after, which is on April, no, that's April 14. Yeah, April 14 is the Thursday. We have, um, where is that? Saturn is coming closer and closer to Mars. That's something that's going to guide us in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, Saturn on top of Mars, it's starting officially this end of this week, beginning of next week. We'll probably talk about it next week more. It happens every year and a half or so, two years. It's a year and a half. It's not that uh, rare, but still, it means that you're gathering your troops to conquer something new, especially because it's happening during Aries. Or you might feel yourself banging your head against a, a brick wall and you can't break through. So there might be a feeling of like, I want to move, I want to move, but I can't make it happen yet. So just be patient with yourself. Uh, but Saturn, but Mars is going to move very close to very soon to Pisces, and therefore that conjunction is going to be less uh, strong. Besides that, on um, April 15, we have uh, the official time where uh, mean, uh, the Lilith is moving into Cancer. I told you until middle, beginning of January of two, next year. The moon moved into Libra, and we're starting the opposition of the full moon officially on April 15, when the moon shifted into the opposite sign of the sun. And she's getting very nice energy from Vesta, and she's going to get really nice energy from Saturn. So that's actually pretty good. Venus is continuing her path in Pisces. She's joined by Mars, which is always good. And we have Neptune-Jupiter precise conjunction on that time. So this whole period of Passover and Easter, we have the conjunction, like we said, of Jupiter and uh, Neptune. Then on Saturday, on uh, the actual time of the Passover, you can see, uh, sorry, the, the second uh, Passover, you see the precise full moon uh, that is there. You have Mars, Venus, Neptune, and Jupiter in Pisces, which allows a lot of mysticism, intuition, and uh, Mars moved into Pisces officially. So it's an interesting week. Like I told you, a lot of things are happening that could be very benevolent. And of course, when you're going to be in Easter next week, we're going to have the moon in Scorpio. So it's going to be a very magical Easter. It's an Easter where the witch is visiting. So let's see if I have any questions that I can answer. Yeah, so what I wanted to make sure that we all are in the same page, because some people ask me the difference. Tomorrow at 9.30 in, in uh, Pacific Standard Time, I'm going to do the class on what's your story. And basically preparing for this class was a lot of fun, actually, because it made me look a lot into um, uh, the Bible and Iliad and, and to pick up the most important things about how to tell a story in your life story in a way that makes sense, like discovering who are your antagonists and who are your uh, agent of change and what is your story now compared to your, what your story was before. And there will be a recording, of course. And then on April 14, we're going to do the class on Easter and Passover and how just little tricks of how to make it a little bit more meaningful for us. Um. Lilith in Cancer. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week uh, more. Uh, the sound in Instagram is not working. Oh, sorry. I guess it's too late. I would like to know about applying work during this time. Yeah, it's great. Especially Wednesday will be really good for you because that's the time where there's going to be a lot of uh, movement in connection to work. Um, real estate uh, agreements. Monday, yeah, Monday is good. The sun and the moon, Monday, Tuesday is really good. So those days are going to be great for real estate because of the sun and the moon conjunction. Um, I guess if it wasn't working, bringing new business clients, yes, definitely now it's a, it's a great time to do that because, again, we want to make sure that everything you're doing before the, before the eclipses on the 30th of April and before the retrograde on the 10th of May. So have a wonderful Easter, have a wonderful Passover, have a wonderful Ramadan, have a wonderful I don't believe in nothing, I just want to have wonderful time. That's also totally possible. Um, and, um, you know, I just have to tell you something. I had a really interesting meeting um, uh, with with the Pisces, actually, yesterday. Kind of a date, but not really. And I mean, never mind. So anyway, they were telling me that they don't completely believe in the soul hypothesis. You know that in philosophy, we have this thing called the soul hypothesis. That's what philosophers like to call uh, what people who believe in 
having a soul is. They call it a hypothesis, and they supposedly managed to prove that it doesn't exist. But it's really interesting because these people that decided that there is no soul, they're very, very famous philosophers, you can read about it, they say, no, 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 but God exists, because they don't want to get in trouble with um, uh, believers. So they say, God exists, but the soul hypothesis is wrong. I mean, so then if you say something like that, you're completely stuck in some kind of definition issue, not in the real substance of the issue. But anyway, I was trying to explain him what is my view and why the soul hypothesis is right. And they told me, no, I believe in this um, idea of maybe a cosmic uh, consciousness or a cosmic power. And I told him, listen, I totally believe in it as well. And that cosmic power is probably this oneness that even science talks about as the Big Bang, like we all came back from that infinitely small, infinitely hot uh, space, right, before it expanded into, uh, uh, into something. And uh, in all of the other traditions, we have that idea of everything comes from the one, right? From oneness. And and think about it. If everything is part of that oneness, there is this oneness that connects everything. Therefore, this cosmic power you call, that maybe I call a soul, is part of everything that exists, you know, including uh, uh, this uh, hand sanitizer, again, including this uh, scissor, and including me. But because... Humans are, at least until further notice, the most complicated organism that exists. Therefore, we can deduct that probably this substance we call this cosmic power is probably more prevalent or more existing in humans compared to, let's say, I don't know, a, the remote to my own condition, which does have God inside, but a little bit more sleepy, let's say. So, therefore... You can call it God, you can call it a segment or proportion of the special forces of the cosmos, whatever it is, but it's still there. It's still there and it's still all what unites us. And anyway, that was my thought from yesterday. Maybe, and it was a Pisces, so I guess it brought up that Jupiter, Neptune, Piscean energy. So anyway, that was a long farewell. I hope you have an amazing uh, week, amazing Easter, and I will see you next week when we are going to be meeting actually on Easter. So have a wonderful, wonderful, amazing full moon and see you soon.